Psalms 100. Watch this. Watch this. Watch. I'm not preaching yet because I feel the Lord in this. I, I want you to hear this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all of the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Hold on a second. What you need to know is that this psalm is a psalm. It's called, it's called a psalm of gratefulness. How awesome would our praise be if we reflected upon everything that God had done in our lives and we praised him from a posture of gratefulness? Think about that. Here's what the psalmist says. So worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Do I have any noise makers in the house today? Then somebody make a noise. Noise unto the Lord. <laughs> now, take your Bibles and turn with me to the narrative that we will explore today. Do y'all feel the Lord here? You're going to see how all of this comes together in a few minutes, but take your Bibles and turn with me to Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. And go ahead and high-five your neighbor, and then you can be seated. Let me set this up for you. Everybody in the house say, together we can. Yes. Together we can is the theme for Epicenter Church for 2018. Together we can do incredible things for the cause of Christ. Together we can accomplish great things for the cause of Christ. Somebody say together we can. If you've been here for any amount of time, you know that there are certain sayings that we have that are a part of our DNA. One saying is saved people serve people. Why is that? Because that's who Jesus was. The Bible says that he did not come to be served, but to serve and to offer his life as a ransom for many. In May of this year, I added a little caveat to that saying when I preached a message called giving is serving. Somebody say giving is serving. So what I want to do is I want to go back to a message that we had in May because I didn't finish. And I want to pick up and I want to add an additional thought. I want to take that one thought a little further. Is that okay today? Okay, so look at your neighbor and announce to them the title of today's message. And that is generosity is worship. I want you to allow that thought to resonate in your spirit because generosity is worship. One of the sounds of worship that God is looking for is the sound of generosity. Generosity is a sound of worship. Generosity is worship. So can I ask you something? How generous is your worship? Think about that. How generous is your worship? And I'm not talking about clapping for God, shouting for God, singing for God. All of those are expressions of worship. But I'm talking about something deeper. You see, because it's one thing to praise God in church. It's another thing when the expression of your life makes a sound of generosity. Hello? 
Sometimes God is looking for more than just applause. That's why the Bible says to make sure that your life is a sacrifice of praise. The very fact that the Bible is alluding to praise being a sacrifice means that sometimes praise is going to cost you something. Praise has a cost factor. In fact, it cost God his only son when he sent him to save humanity. It cost Jesus his life when he climbed on a cross and poured his life out. I started to call this message, pour your life out and become a blessing. But then I thought some of you might not like that title. Can I preach? Is it okay if today's message is a little different than last week's message? Is that okay? Because sometimes I, I, I don't think we need our ears tickled. I think we need our hearts challenged. So let's look at the narrative together. Let me give you some context to this conversation. We're looking at Mark chapter 14, but over in John chapter 11... The Gospel of John. Yes, I'm going somewhere, so hang with me. In John chapter 11, there is this incredible miracle that proves that Jesus is the resurrection of life. When he raises Lazarus from the dead, he shows up in Bethany four days after Lazarus has died. Martha comes out to meet Jesus. Mary does not come with her. Mary and Martha are sisters, and they are the sisters of Lazarus. But then a few hours later, Mary comes out and meets Jesus and falls at his feet and says, Lord, had you only been here, Lazarus would still be living. What Mary did not understand was that Jesus was not coming to heal Lazarus. He was coming to resurrect Lazarus. So we know that Jesus goes to the tomb and he says, roll away the stone. He calls Lazarus out by name. Lazarus comes out. He says, take off the grave clothes and everybody breaks into applause. And there's such wonder because he just raised Lazarus from the dead. That's John chapter 11. John chapter 12, Mary does something incredible with her worship. It's extravagant worship. And I don't want to look at the story based upon John's gospel in John chapter 12. I want to look at the story based upon Mark's gospel from the perspective of Peter and Mark is recording the story in Mark chapter 14. So can I read part of the narrative with you today? Here it goes. Watch this. I need you to hang here with me. It says, now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away and the chief priest and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly to kill him, but not during the festival because they thought the people may riot. Verse three, while he was in Bethany reclining at the table at the home of Simon the leper, isn't Jesus cool? All recline. This is gonna go better if you help me. It goes on to say, a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. We know that to be Mary because the way John records the gospel. It's made of pure nard. She broke the jar. She poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were, were saying indignantly to one another, meaning they were angry. Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Verse 6, Jesus says, you leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor will always be with you and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. Somebody say she did what she could. Can I ask you this question? Are you doing what you can? 
Are you doing what you can? You see, because God will not expect more than you can do. But many times what you can do and what you will do are worlds apart. Hello? (laughs) You see, you might see a need, but you're not willing to engage the need because you have a need in your own life that you need someone else to be generous to. And so you're thinking, God, I want you to give me a blessing. God, I need you to meet my need, but yet you have an opportunity to meet someone else's need, but yet you close it off. And so the very thing that you're closing off could be the very conduit that God is using to bring you the blessing that you need to meet your need so that you can meet somebody else's need. Hello? I don't need to start preaching yet. Hang with me. Here here goes the rest of verse 8. It says, She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. It seems like only Mary understood that Jesus was about to lay down his life. Verse 9, Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached, throughout all of the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. 2,000 years later, we're talking about Mary this morning doing this extravagant gift. I need you to grab hold of this. Let me paint this image for you. Here is Mary coming into this place, breaking this alabaster jar, pouring out upon Jesus this incredible blessing that the disciples are now talking about. Why did she do that? They're angry over it because they see it as waste. But Mary saw it as gratefulness because just remember the day before Lazarus had died and now Lazarus is living. Jesus had done something incredible for her. So she's worshiping him from a position of gratefulness. How much would our worship change if we begin to reflect upon everything that God has done? How would our worship change? How would our worship change if we begin to praise him from a position of gratefulness because God had done so much for us that we could not help but to pour out a blessing upon him. Somebody, you need to help me preach. I don't need to shout. But what happens when we come to the revelation that God is a God who shall supply for all of our needs? He he met Mary when she had a mountain that needed to be moved. He moved the mountain. When she had a brother that had died, he said, move the stone away. And he brought back what was dead and he brought it to life. What I'm trying to say to you is the next time that you have a mountain in your life, the next time that you have a problem, the next time that you have a demand, the next time that you have a Goliath, all you need to do is remember everything that he has done. He's got this. He had it before. He changes not. He is with me. So I'm going to know that he is my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And I'm going to cry out to him because he's done everything for me. So the least that I can do is to do what I can. Somebody say, do what you can. Thank you, Carmen, but, but stay right there for me. You, you don't have to play anymore, but stay right there. So what did Mary do? She, do, she did what she could. She broke the alabaster jar of perfume. Now, let me give you some of the context, the theological, the spiritual, the historical context of what's happening here because you need to understand it so that you can fully comprehend the behind the scenes story. You see, Mary is at the house of Simon the leper. Simon the leper, most theologians agree that probably was someone that Jesus had healed in his ministry and therefore he's throwing this house party so that everyone could come, so that he could show his gratefulness to God. But then in verse 3, something crazy happens when Mary comes in with this alabaster jar of perfume and she breaks the jar of perfume and she anoints the head of Jesus. Now, what you need to understand is what she was doing was illustrating who Jesus was to her. 
she was illustrating who, who God, if you will, was to her. You see, when you give an offering, all you are doing is illustrating what Jesus means to you. You're illustrating who God is to you, Jonathan, when you've given an offering. And I'm not talking about just an offering in church. But when you are giving an offering in church, what you are doing is illustrating who he is to you. But more than that, because this goes well beyond finances, when you give an offering, you're illustrating who Jesus is to you. So we're not talking about monetarily only. We're also talking about your life. The offering of your life, the offering of your life illustrates who Jesus is to you. So let's set the stage here. Because here's Jesus. The Bible says he's reclined at the table. If I had a chair up here, I'd, I'd, I'd be reclined. You know, he's just hanging out. What it is, what up? Y'all didn't know how cool Jesus was. All the disciples are back here. Yeah, oh, it's my boys of Jerusalem. <laughs> They're all hanging out. It's like, woo, yeah, what it is, what's up? Just hanging out. This is my boys. We all just hanging out. And all of a sudden, this Mary, she comes in and she breaks this alabaster jar of perfume. And she pours this perfume on Jesus' head. And they're like, what? No. What's she doing? Who does she think she is? You see, she came in there to pour out this perfume on Jesus because she was so grateful for what Jesus had done in her life. So she couldn't help but to give this extravagant picture of worship, if you will. They're complaining about her extravagance. Why did she do what she did? I cannot believe she did what she did. Can you imagine what we could do with that, 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 that perfume? We could sell it. It's worth a year's worth of wages. No telling. What, why did she do what she did? How many of you know sometimes we will criticize others by how they love Jesus? Because sometimes maybe it comes from a position of insecurity because we're like, well, it looks like they may love Jesus more. And so maybe we brand them as a fanatic. That's what was happening in this place. You know, had there been music in this place, this was, this really was a position of worship for Mary. When Mary walked into this house, she walked into this house for one purpose, one reason. That was to worship Jesus with her offering. Okay, grab this. She walked into this house to worship Jesus. She's worshiping Jesus while the disciples are over here wondering what the world's going on. It seems like an awkward moment because there's no music in the place. You know what I'm saying? Music, if there were keyboards, if there was music being played, it might, it might have looked a little more like worship. You know what I'm saying? How many of you know music sets the mood? Like I can just say, I'll take a uh, cheeseburger with onions, mustard, and ketchup. Don't sound like much, but you add some music to it. You take cheeseburger. Some onions. makes it sound like worship. I ain't doing nothing but order a cheeseburger. <laughs> it sets the mood. 
But you know what? There was no music in the house that day. But yet she was still in a position of worship. The disciples were like, what's she doing? She was worshiping. She was leaning in and she took the perfume and she poured the perfume out. She was leaning into generosity while the disciples were over there complaining. The disciples have spent three and a half years with Jesus and they don't understand the generosity that is required from Christ followers. Think about this with me for a moment. If you study the ministry of Jesus, you will see there are two reasons why people follow Jesus in the Gospels. Number one, it's because what Jesus could do for them. But the longer that you have a relationship with Jesus and your relationship begins to progress with Jesus, you are no longer following Jesus because of what he can do for you, but now you are following Jesus because of what he can do through you. (laughs) The disciples are like, I can't believe she just did what she did. She's over there having this moment with Jesus, worshiping Jesus out of out of extravagance because of all that he's done for her. And they're like, okay, we, they tried to get all spiritual. We could have took that and we could have sold it and we could have helped all of the poor. They didn't understand what was happening here. You need to understand the value of this perfume. In the text, it says that it was pure nard. That comes from the Greek word nardos. Nardos means extravagance. It means the most expensive perfume in the world. Exquisite. It was so expensive that most people could not afford it. It it, it was made out of the grasses of India. It was extracted from the grasses of India, then packaged up and sent around the world. So it cost so much that not everyone could afford it. In fact, not many people could afford it. And so they would buy the knockoff. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The knockoff. Not Gucci, but yucky. You know what I'm saying? by the knockoff variety that will preach because I have to ask how many times has our worship been one of a knockoff variety Mm, we lift up our hands and talk about Jesus we love you but we close our hearts to generosity talk about lift up our hands Jesus we need more love in our relationships but yet we close off our hearts to loving more in our relationships we lift up our hands and say Jesus there's a need here send someone to provide it because we're closed off to being the person who provides for the need Mm. let me keep preaching because it's getting all quiet up in God's house but she didn't bring the imitation Mike she didn't bring the imitation because Mark and John's gospel said that she brought the real thing it was worth a year's wages in fact John's gospel said that she brought so much that not only did she anoint his head, but she anointed his feet. And there was an atmosphere of worship in the house coming from a position of generosity because generosity is worship. And the Bible says that she washed his feet with her tears and she dried them with her hair as the fragrance filled the room. It's like the old song. An alabaster box killed the costly perfume. She anointed him that day as the fragrance filled the room. She washed his feet with tears and she dried them with her hair. Who knows how Mary felt 
as she was kneeling there at your feet at your feet this explosion of worship is happening right in front of the disciples and the disciples are saying what's this all about Then the Holy Spirit placed this in my spirit. The posture of your heart determines the placement of your treasure. Mm, grab that. The posture of your heart determines the placement of your treasure. Here Mary is giving because she loves Jesus. It's not about perfume for Mary. It, it, it's about love. It's, it's not about waste. It's about worship. Here's the disciples. They don't fully understand or comprehend. I'm going to give you something here that's probably not in your notes, but they don't fully comprehend or understand. It's so easy to criticize people and complain about what others are doing when at times we're not doing anything. You know, we all want the promise of God. Hang here with me for a moment. We all want the promises of God but yet we disconnect from the process that brings about the promise. Some of you right now are saying, well, hold on a second. I thought all God's promises were like unconditional. They were like, you know, every, every promise is ours. Yes and amen. No, 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 no. There is a process that you connect to in order to receive the promise. Let's just talk about peace. The Bible says that God will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Well, in order to have the peace that surpasses all understanding, he says the process is to make sure that your mind is stayed upon him. And when your mind is stayed upon him, you'll have a peace that surpasses all understanding. But what ends up happening is we lean in to Facebook. We lean into Facebook. We recline in our faith. We lean into Facebook and we listen to all of the other jargon and all of the other comments that are happening and going on out there. And then we wonder why we don't have a peace that surpasses all understanding. Hmm. You see, Mary's generosity was really birthed out of worship. And I don't know who this is for, but the opportunity to be generous never comes at the most opportune time. The opportunity to be generous never comes at the most opportune time. It comes at the most inconvenient times. It never comes when you're in a good mood. It never comes when you have thousands of extra dollars of discretionary money in your bank. It comes at a time when God's trying to see, are you going to trust in him or are you going to trust in the stuff that you have? Where is your trust going to be? Because for Mary, church, you need to hear this. For Mary, this was not about perfume. This was about worship. This was not about waste. This was about extravagance. This was about the Savior who gave it all, who poured out his life and she realized that I'm not doing much because he gave it all. All I'm doing is bringing back to him. You see, there's this collision in this narrative between too much and not enough. Think about it. There's a collision between too much. The disciples are like, that's just too much. Mary's like, no, no. It's just, it's not enough. Too much, not enough. Too much, not enough. The, the disciples are like, man, well, that's a year's worth of wages. Mary's like, it's the least I could do. I wish I could do more. It's like, hang here with me. It's like tithing. Some people are like, whoo, Lord, 10%, that's just way, way too much. 
God asks for 10% of everything we make. That's just way too much. God needs to recline a little bit on that. He needs to recline in that request. Because that's just way too much. After all, my Planet Fitness membership is only $10 a month. Come on, God, that's just way too much. But you know what? When you begin to think about all that God has done for you and you realize that everything you have is a result of him, you'll no longer be focused on the 10% because you'll be thinking about the 90% that he's given. Good Lord, have mercy. The 10% won't be anything. Think about this with me. There are two schools of thought in this narrative. Mary's generosity is reflective of all that God has done for her. The disciples' generosity is reflected upon everything that they need. Think about it. One is being generous because of everything that God has done, and she realizes that it was all God anyway. The others are not being generous because they're thinking about everything that they need. (laughs) One is too much. The other is not enough. And here's the disciples. The disciples have hung out with Jesus for three and a half years and they still don't understand the the ministry of Jesus. They still don't understand the nature of of the generosity of Jesus. This is the same Jesus. Hold on a second. You got to grab this. This is the same Jesus who fed the thousands. Why? Because he was a person of generosity. This is the same Jesus who would get out of a boat and he would help and heal all of those who were sick because he had compassion. This is the same Jesus who preached about generosity more than any other subject in the gospels this is the same jesus who is the son of god and the bible says that god gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life this is the same savior that climbed on a cross and poured his life out so here is mary saying the least i can do is pour out a year's worth of wages for the one who gave it all Mm. so Jesus says to the disciples, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? Leave her alone. Why are you messing with her? Why are you bothering her? Why don't you leave her alone? She's done a beautiful thing. I wrote something down that's not even in your notes. This is free, talking about generosity. Write this down. Write this down. This is good. Take that pen that says Epicenter Church on it that we gave you, free, generosity. God expects no more from us than what we can do. But beware of setting your sights so low that you believe doing nothing is doing what you can. Let me read it one more time to you. God expects no more from us than what we can do. What we can do, what we can do, but beware of setting your sights so low that you believe doing nothing is doing what you can. Think about this. We live in a culture where the mantra is not enough. Think about this with me for a moment. Let me just give you a few examples. You wake up in the morning and just as soon as your feet hit the floor, what do you say? I didn't get enough sleep. You work all day. You come home that night. You get in the bed late at night. And what do you say? I didn't get enough done. So you work around the clock and you're working all of the time. And so you say, I just never have enough time to enjoy the fruit of my labor. 
Then you have a vacation, and when you have the vacation, you follow it up by saying, well, I just don't have enough money to do what I enjoy. We live in this culture of not enough, not enough. So, so here's what I wrote down. This is not in your notes either. Another free something. Generosity. Somebody say generosity is worship. Watch this. What if how you use what you have becomes the conduit for all that God can give? Grab that. What if how you use what you currently have becomes the conduit for all that God can give? You see, you will always live with the thought process of not enough until you realize that the Christ inside of you is more than enough. You will always live with the thought concept of not enough until you realize that God's grace is all that you need. You will always live in the concept of not enough until you begin to believe the word of God that's been spoken over your life. You will always live in the not enough as long as you believe it's your resources that meet your need. Until you begin to believe that your needs are met according to his riches and glory, it's at that moment when you realize that his riches are the ones that supply your goodness, your blessings, your breakthrough. It's at that moment that you'll realize you have everything that you need. You don't have to live in the not enough because he's more than enough. Mary understood that. So Mary's bringing something, a family heirloom. She's breaking, not only pouring out the perfume that's worth a year's wages, but she's breaking an alabaster jar that was probably in her family for years and years and years. Why? Because she felt like it was the least she could do. She was giving this not because it was perfume. She was giving this because it was love. Hmm. One more thing I want you to write down. This probably is in your notes. Could it be that your generosity in the area of your need is the currency that God uses to bring about your supply? Think about that. Could it be your generosity in the area of your need is the currency that God uses to bring about your supply? It's, listen, it's the laws of reciprocity. It's the biblical laws of sowing and reaping. It's the laws of more when it comes to Scripture. You see, the more that you sow, the more that you reap. Now, hang on a second. You, 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 you've got to grab this. So, could it be that your generosity in the area of your need is the currency that God uses to bring about your supply? Hmm. Hold on. So if you need breakthrough in your life, why don't you become someone's breakthrough? If you need someone to show you value in your life, why don't you become a person who shows value to someone else? Oh, Lord. If you need love in your relationships, why don't you be a person who extends love and is generous with love in your relationships? If you need financial freedom in your life, why don't you become a giver? What I'm trying to say to you is that you cannot ask God for more love in your relationships if you're stingy with the love that you already have. You cannot ask God for more if you're not using what you already have in a way that is blessing and pleasing God. You cannot only miss what God has for you. But when you're stingy with what you already have, you miss an opportunity to worship God. Why? Because generosity is worship. Mm. I told the praise and worship team in the green room before this message, I said, you know, when you start talking about money, people get all funny. 
Like some of y'all have just like clenched up. You're holding on to your wallet hard. Oh. Listen, this concept has so much more to do than just money. It's every gift that God has given you. If God has given you grace, be a conduit of grace. If God has shown you love, then be a person of love. If God has shown you forgiveness, why don't you forgive somebody else? Lord, have mercy. Mm. I also knew that when I preached this message, it probably wouldn't be one of those messages where everybody would jump to their feet. Yay! I told Ian when I came down, after the first service, I said, Ooh, man, it's not when people, when you talk about money, people get funny. It's when you talk about money, people get quiet. But if you just apply this just to giving an offering unto God, you're going to miss the concept. Again, let me show you something. Hold on. Could it be your generosity in the area of your need? It's the currency that God uses to bring about your supply. Watch this. Look at verses 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9. She did what she could. She did what she could. She brought what she had. She probably looked around the house and there was nothing more valuable in the house than this. And she said, I'm bringing this. She did what she could, so she poured perfume out on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, you see, this particular ointment was only used for kings to show respect. Who is Jesus? He is the king of all kings. She understood that, so she knew that he was worth what she was about to pour out. Lord have mercy. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached, this is where it's awesome, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So the question is, are you doing what you can? Are you doing what you can? Preparing for this message, Ian sent me a, a story that an old preacher told many, 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 many years ago. He told a story about a, a guy by the name of Paul who at Christmas time received a car from his brother. He takes the car up to the store passerby comes by and stops and begins to admire Paul's car. He says, is this your car? He said, yeah, my brother gave it to me for Christmas. Passerby said, ooh, I wish. Paul knew what he was going to say. So Paul said, yeah, you, you, you wish that you had one like this? He said, no, I wish I could be a brother like that. Generosity is worship. 